Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in, episode 158, What's Right with Nick Wright, live on YouTube. Oh my goodness, I forgot to tweet out the link, live on YouTube. I'm going to do that right now, or at least retweet our show. We have a huge show today. I'm very excited. There's a lot to do. Also, this is not Diora's last podcast, but this is the last podcast that she is required to do in order to graduate from high school. Next week... Diora will not be with us as she has a graduation rehearsal on Tuesday, then an actual graduation on Thursday. However, she is going to be back the following week and throughout the summer because she has loved doing this so much and we have negotiated a flat fee for podcast appearances. Well, I've thought of one in my head. And haven't shared Also today is a huge day for me because buying a new car after the TV show very excited about that. And in the second segment of the show, to honor Diora's last day on the podcast as a high schooler, I'm going to tell a story from about 45 minutes ago about of her just a flat out herself. It's a flat out lie. As a mischievous young You're lady. so annoying. And, but I must admit, it kind of made me proud because I did the exact same thing in the, the exact thing is, same circumstances. It, that just didn't happen. Also, and you just claimed that it's true. I need to thank There's producer so Daniel and others who made a sizzle reel for Diora of her appearances on the pod and we will get to game three of the finals in a moment. However, speaking of Daniel... The Nuggets fan who works with us, who was trolling me during the Lakers Nuggets series, I got an email about him from a loyal listener that I would like to read the first half of. I'm not going to read the guy's last name. Christopher emailed, love your work. I listen to every podcast and have for a while. You've even gotten me into starting to watch poker. Two quick thoughts. Your banter with Daniel comes off not only as harsh, of which you've been accused, but also dictatorial, if not even tyrannical. It is fine to have an on-air feud with someone. However, when that person is one's employee, to threaten to fire him or give him extra work that is not part of his job goes beyond a good-natured sports feud. I suspect that you and Daniel have the kind of relationship where he knows you're kidding and takes it as such. 
However, at least to this longtime listener and fan, your comments to him have been off-putting, off-putting, and grating. So a few clarifications there. One is, uh, Daniel is not my employee. Daniel is Gabe's employee. Gabe is the boss. Daniel and I work so together. So you're, you're Daniel's employee, basically. No, it, we're on two different sides of no. the org chart. Um, that's first of all. Second of all, I suspect that you and Daniel have the kind of relationship where he knows you're only kidding and takes it as such. I gotta be honest with you, Chris. I'm not sure we do. Daniel and I don't know each other aside from this because we live on opposite sides of the country, which actually makes my behavior even worse. So I, you know, in an ongoing lifelong quest to become a better person, one of the things I'm working on is taking criticism when as When are you starting that? I started it five days ago. Uh, it had nothing to do with the podcast. First I heard of it. It had more to do with your mother, but I'm trying to not take criticisms as attacks. And I've thought about it, and I think emailer Christopher has some good points. So I would like to almost unconditionally apologize to Daniel if anyone else felt that way. The reason I say almost unconditionally is I do think the broom emoji after game two of the Lakers series was over the line. But aside from that, I take full responsibility for everything involving it, and I hope Daniel didn't actually get assigned extra work by Gabe, even though I texted Gabe on the side and said, please assign him extra work. Okay, before we get to game three, here's what is not on today's show. What missed the cut for today's show is, rest in peace, man, one of the great wrestling villains of all time, the Iron Sheik, has died at 81. DeAndre Hopkins visits the Titans, and Traylon Burks, Titans receiver, is like, eh, don't know if we want him. And just moments ago, Dalvin Cook has been released by the Minnesota Vikings. The Dolphins are probably the obvious landing spot for him. Also, if you're watching on YouTube and it looks like I'm moving my arms oddly, that is because I foolishly, for the first time in months, worked out. Uh, tried to get in that was like such routine. like like you Day tried to flex yesterday. in there real quick. What? Yeah, guys, like if it looks like I'm moving a no, lot, I I just no, I worked a, out recently. No, but it's not a so, flex. Like, I'm sorry, it guys. Is like, mortifying what I'm about to say. I for the first time in months worked out, and I seem to have done something to my arms that I should not have been able to do with how lightly I was working out. So I can't bend them properly. It's actually very embarrassing. Almost as embarrassing as my halftime tweet of, you can get the heat plus five and a half right now, just an FYI, only for them to get blasted in the second half, which brings us right to game two. Diora, go right ahead. The Nuggets made game two look like a fluke. Game three, I should say. Pardon me. Brings us right to game three. Go ahead. Sorry for interrupting. Apparently, letting Jokic score wasn't a great idea. When the series are tied 1-1, the winner of game three has won every series this year. Are you getting nervous? A little bit. And That's the first time you've ever admitted it. Well, listen. you got to watch the games and evaluate them fairly. The only thing I disagree with that you said is... Apparently, letting Jokic score wasn't a great idea. That that the let Jokic get forty and keep the assists under ten. I still think that game plan can work. Unfortunately, last night he did. He had the perfect game for what the Nuggets are trying to do. 30-20-10. 
got the double-digit assist, still scored efficiently at a high level, crushed the heat on the glass, and here's why I am getting, I will admit, getting a little nervous. That was, in my opinion, a must-win game for Denver because the way they lost game two, their coach calling out their effort in game two, if they didn't respond, then you would have to start to doubt whether they were able to respond. But the key part to that is, and the reason it made me nervous, is key role player, Bruce Brown, did not play well. Key role player, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, did not play well. Michael Porter Jr., who has been the third best player on the team throughout the year, once again had a brutal game and once again saw his minutes cut. So why did it make me more nervous? Because Jokic and Murray, the two stars of this team, the transcendent superstar Nikola Jokic and the probably somewhat overqualified second option Jamal Murray, flatly said, nah, we got this. And that's what you need moments like that to win a championship. You need moments where the others, as Shaq calls them, don't have it. You're on the road and your stars carry you. And the fact that they both had 30-point triple-doubles, they both did it efficiently, that they both answered the bell every single time, that's what wins titles. So, right now, do I feel like the Heat are dead? Of course not. But do I feel like the Nuggets retook control of the series? I do. And I believe Jimmy's going to have a monster game three and that we're going to go back to Denver tied 2-2. But the fact that Jokic and Murray dug down deep and just both played exceptional games is ominous for the Miami Heat. And for the Miami Heat, they are the they went to the wrinkle of starting Kevin Love, then they found him mostly unplayable the rest of the way. They don't have any backup option for Bam. They are I know it because they are still trotting out their Cody Zeller. Even if it's only for six minutes, that needs to be zero minutes. And so there are real reasons for concern for the Heat. Also, let me give Michael Malone some credit here. This was a game you had to have, and he played minutes accordingly, meaning Jokic and Murray, 44 minutes each. Now, what will that mean for game four? That's the only game of the series on one day rest. It Maybe the Heat take advantage of a slightly tired Jokic and Murray in game four. I think that's on the board. But Jokic and Murray were outstanding, and that is how you win a title. In a night that KCP, Michael Porter Jr., and Bruce Brown go a combined 3 of 16 and 1 of 8 from 3, 
you control the entire game. Well, the final two and a half quarters of the game. Because your stars play like stars. And I understand Heat fans are upset at some of the officiating, particularly in the second quarter. And I didn't think it was good. I tweeted Tony Brothers having himself a moment here. But that doesn't explain away the third quarter when the Nuggets took full control of that basketball game. And the Heat were lucky to only be down 14 after three. It could have been 20. And the Nuggets were great. Most notably, obviously, Jokic and Murray. So, yeah, if you picked the Heat like I did, of course you're a little nervous. All right, next. You've said Jokic needs to prove it in the finals to be the best in the world. The Joker became the first player ever to record a 30-20-10 finals triple-double. Are you seriously going to wait for him to get a ring to crown him? Well, these are, to me, two different discussions, right? So, has Jokic validated those MVPs? Sure. I still really don't like last year's because they were the sixth seed, and that's not how we've done it in the past. But if he hadn't won last year, he would have had a great, uh, even better case to win this year. So set that aside. Has Jokic unquestionably proven that this is not a regular season phenomenon, that his offensive game translates to deep playoff runs. Absolutely. And anyone saying he had already done that is just lying. He hadn't. Now, you can say it wasn't his fault. You can say it's foolish that I needed to see it. But that's the standard I've had with everybody. Everybody in the NBA got to see you do it on a deep playoff run before you get that this is either the best or the second or third best player in the world status. That Luca, as much as I loved him, needed that Western Conference run carrying his team, Western Conference Finals run. And I understand Joker had been to one Conference Finals prior to this year, but he also played poorly in those Conference Finals. LeBron made a Finals very early. Durant made a Finals very early. Steph, the year everyone was crowning him, won the title. So, asking you to go on a deep playoff run is not unfair. What would be unfair would be if the Heat come back and win, if I'm like, if someone, me or anybody's like, see, told you, no, no, no. That's now off the board. Jokic has answered every question. He's been exceptional in every round of these playoffs. He is averaging... 33-14-9 on almost 60% shooting these finals. He's having an all-time postseason. R- real quick. Does that make him the best player in the world, though? For that, I do need them to finish the job. Because... The guy who going into the playoffs, I would have said is the best player in the world, was Giannis. 
Giannis got beat by the Heat, if Jokic gets beat by the same Heat team, I don't know that it's then fair to be like, oh, okay, because Jokic played him later, Giannis loses his, his belt. Giannis will have the same number of MVPs, would, would have a ring, and Jokic wouldn't, still in his prime. So, has Jokic proven the doubters wrong, of which I was wrong, one of them? Sure. Am I ready today, June 8th, to say he's the best player in the world? Not yet. Would like him to finish the job for that, but at worst, he's second best. That's what he's earned. And Vegas would tell you, the odds would tell you, because they're overwhelmingly likely to win the title, that he's going to get that title here in the next week. What's your follow-up? Go ahead, Dior. Can I? Go. What's up? Nothing. Okay, go ahead. Were the Jokic-Murray double 30-point triple-doubles more impressive than LeBron and Kyrie's 40-point games in 2016? Uh, I they were very different because LeBron here's the thing LeBron and Kyrie did it in elimination games if they hadn't done it they lose and I'm gonna say no but they're in that vicinity and they are certainly in the vicinity of a lot of the Shaq Kobe games from that three-peat and that's why Nuggets fans should be so excited. Is you have this kind of... It's not a new age Shaq and Kobe because as good as Jamal Murray is, he's not what Kobe was, especially for those second and third titles. Jokic is a very different player than Shaq, but has similar impact. Not quite the same level. Again, I think people forget what Shaq did in those finals. We don't have to go over it, but I mean, the guy was across those three finals, 35-15, four assists, three blocks, across three NBA finals, but this is a path to contending for a title every single year, and you now have proof of concept that as long as these two guys are healthy and still in their primes you're going to be right there every single year. Uh and I you know, I've talked a lot about finals MVPs. I'm of the belief that you should not have to win the title necessarily to be the finals MVP. The first ever finals MVP, Jerry West, lost in 1974. Kareem should have won it over John Havlicek in a loss. LeBron should have won it in 2015 over Andre Iguodala in a loss. Right now, it would appear to me, it would be shocking to me if at the end of these finals, no matter who wins, if I don't feel that Nikola Jokic should have been the finals MVP. Now, the voters historically have not agreed with me on it, but that would ultimately be a pretty hilarious ending to this. If the Heat come back and win... But Jokic, who my biggest complaint on has been that we changed the rules for him, if he ends up winning a finals MVP in a loss, something LeBron should have done in 2015, but 
only four of the 11 voters voted for him. That might be the basketball gods kind of sticking one to me a bit. But right now it would be shocking to me if at the end of this series I thought anyone else deserved finals MVP. All right, next. Chris Paul is set to be a free agent after it was rumored the Suns will waive him. Yep. Will CP3 be the next great Lakers point guard now that Pat Bev is gone? I think it's absolutely on the board. I don't like the Pat Bev stuff, and Pat Bev also had a ridiculous tweet about me the other day, but I'm not going to engage on it. Uh, so the Suns, the new salary, the new CBA has put the Suns in a bit of a pickle. Durant's on a max, Booker's on a max, Aiton's on a near max, and Chris Paul was scheduled to make $30 million. Only half of that was guaranteed, so they waive him. He gets $15 million. They have $15 million on their books, and now there is a possibility he comes back to Phoenix at $5 million, and then they save ten. right? That's how that would work. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he is going to Los Angeles, probably the Lakers, maybe the Clippers. Now, if you're Chris Paul and injuries have been your biggest concern at this stage of your career, both of those teams have injury concerns, but the Clippers' injury concern is so much greater because of Kawhi and at this point Paul George to a degree. And he has a great relationship with LeBron. I think Chris Paul and the Lakers going super old. Chris Paul to the Lakers does make a lot of sense. I also think the Lakers need to treat next season, take a page out of Greg Popovich's book, and LeBron and Chris Paul need to be 28 to 32-minute-a-game guys, 60-game-a-year guys. You've got to find a way to get them to the finish line at their age. I the, the health concern would be massive. You would have two of LeBron and Chris Paul, two of next year probably the four oldest players in the league. Uh, but LeBron showed you this year that he was willing to play off the ball more. And a starting five of CP3, Austin Reeves, LeBron... Rui and AD is interesting. It also would mean the Lakers likely move on from D'Angelo Russell, which is something I would encourage them to do either way. I'm not slamming the door on Chris Paul back to Phoenix because Isaiah Thomas, the original Isaiah Thomas, went on TV yesterday and said, don't slam the door on him going back to Phoenix. And that's noteworthy because Matt Ishbia, the new owner of the Suns, reportedly wanted to hire Isaiah. And then there was blowback on that, so he didn't. But when, if you remember when Jokic pushed Ishbia in round two, sitting next to him was Isaiah. He seems to be an informal advisor, so he does have inside information. So the Suns likely want to bring Chris Paul back. The question is, is that where Chris Paul wants to be, or does he want to go to L.A. potentially to play with LeBron, see if Chris Paul can get his first ring? That's what I think is going to happen. I'd certainly rather be in that business if I'm the Lakers than a Kyrie Irving on a max business. So I think that is something to watch. I don't think he'll be back with the Suns, but I don't think it's 0%. All right, last. And we're at overtime. We're going a little long today, but that's fine. Go ahead. 
On Tuesday, news broke that the Live Tour and the PGA were merging. Then, a Saudi soccer team offered Messi $1.6 billion. Can you explain to me and the rest of the sports world why this matters? All right. There are better people, people far better qualified to talk about the Live Tour and the PGA Tour. There's plenty of podcasts you can listen to of people that golf is their area of expertise. I'm not, I think I have a cursory understanding of it from listening to those podcasts, so I'm not just going to regurgitate that. The only thing I want to say about the messy deal is shout out Mike Ryan of the Dan Lebetard Show and Metal Arc Media for having the messy story for a year. He has been dead right on this, scooping insiders globally, and he took a victory lap yesterday, and he should have. Why this matters to the rest of the sports world is very simple. Is Saudi Arabia's sovereign wealth fund going to purchase a major American sports team? They are now in the PGA Tour. They kind of own it. Are they going to buy a baseball team, a basketball team, or a football team? We had a Russian oligarch buy a basketball team in Prokhorov. And, you know, to quote Logan Roy from Succession, money wins. And there was a lot of standing on principle, trotting out 9-11 victims' families done by the PGA Tour, and then they bent the knee to the money. Is there a dollar amount the Sovereign Wealth Fund in Saudi Arabia could offer the NFL to where they could own a team? I think dismissing it as an impossibility would be naive. I don't think it's the likely outcome, but I think it's on the board, and in European soccer, it's already happened. So it absolutely could happen here. Is there something you wanted to ask? Hmm. So I don't. What this means for golf? Go to the golf experts on what it means for the rest of sp- the sports world. Is fascinating, and the other piece of the messy news. With them, they already got Cristiano Ronaldo, I think, offering Messi $1.5 billion for a few years. Will there be a, a major American basketball player at some point that takes that money? I don't think they have the infrastructure of a basketball league like they do a soccer league. But if they were to build one up, And, you know, they offered Tiger Woods $800 million to join the Live Tour. He turned it down on principle, and then the PGA merged with him. Tiger's probably furious. They offered Rory. Rory says they didn't offer him money, but the reports were it was, you know, a few hundred million. Um, What the PGA Tour is going to do to make those guys whole is a separate story. But if in six years... They were to go to whoever the face of the NBA is in six years, win Binyama, and say, hey, you're maxed out at $60 million a year in the NBA. 
we'll offer you $600 million for one year to come over here? Someone probably says yes. So it's more of a long-term story than a short-term story. But folks will set aside principal for the right dollar amount. And one of the reasons that I stayed out of a lot of the moral finger-wagging on the live stuff was I thought about, now they wouldn't want me because I'm not a golf guy. Not like, the, you know, I, I like golf, but I, I wouldn't be on your top 30 broadcasters you wanted for golf. But if the live tour had kept going, would there have been a dollar amount that they came to me on and offered me that I'd be like, I have to say yes? The answer is probably yes. Now, you can say, Nick, that makes you a bad person. That's a moral failing. All of those things. I'm just being honest. Would there, Could there have been a dollar amount where I'm like, yeah, I'll do it? Probably. And so I understood the golfers doing it. But now I think it might touch other sports. It might just take a bit. So there's my thoughts on that. We play a quick game of Nick Wright Public Defender. Play a game of write-ins. Do you have the whiteboards today? Mm -hmm. Good job. And Diora, Diora, Diora. Stop lying to people. Well, I'll let You're the giving me a bad name. I'll let the audience decide. I told you you weren't think. allowed to do that. Well, I'll let the audience decide. We do that next. What's right? Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back, episode 158. Mario. Well, hold on. What does it say right above that? In all bold before we I get told to you right we're not doing defender. that. So I have a story to tell about Maybe when, this is my last podcast when I everyone. was uh Dior's age. So the only office job I've ever had was an internship at uh I I'm not gonna say the company. A large company in that was based in Kansas City. Thus I the summer between, yeah, the summer between, when I was Dior's age, actually, summer between senior high school and freshman year of college, I got a job selling steaks door to door uh, that my parents hated and didn't want me to get, but I had to get it because I had been arrested and I didn't tell them and I had to pay my friends back who bailed me out of jail and then pay for a lawyer right before college. And it was a terrible idea to not tell my parents because I got the world's worst lawyer and then ended up on probation my first two years of college. And it was just just terrible decision to hide it from my parents. And they, of course, found out anyway, uh, eventually. The next summer, summer between freshman and sophomore year, I had an internship, uh, major company office job. And it was miserable. Got in... Like, did answered emails, and I did it for like a week. And I was getting paid for it. And then 
I got an email asking me on like a Thursday. It was like my it was Thursday or Friday of my first week there asking me to go to a different building across the campus of this big office complex to meet with someone. I thought I was in trouble. And I went there and they said, so here's the deal. Um, unfortunately, the, the person you report to has been let go. So on Monday, you're going to be reassigned. Uh, we don't know if your little cubicle is going to have to move or what, but you're going to be reassigned on Monday. Uh, you can go home for the day. So it must have been a Friday. You can go home for the day. You'll get paid for the whole day, and you'll get an email Monday. I said, okay. Showed up Monday. No email. Showed up Tuesday. No email. And I'm just sitting there reading old Bill Simmons columns. Uh, just nothing to do. And by midweek, I realized, oh, they forgot to reassign me. I probably should tell them. But instead, I was like, nah, I just need to clock in, be here, and be, and then clock out at five. And what I do in the intervening six hours is my business. They had a little room. I, I look back on it now. I shouldn't have been doing any of this. It was 20 years ago. They had like on the bottom floor of the building, they had three little small rooms by where the restrooms were that I now know were like uh, breastfeeding rooms. There was just a room with like a, a very, very comfortable chair that reclined. I'd go in there and take naps across the street from where I was working was a movie theater. And I went and saw every movie there was. I, 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 it just every day for two months, for two months, I clocked in, hung out for like an hour, checked to see if my you've been reassigned email came. It didn't come. I would leave, go to lunch, go see a movie, whatever. Come back. With like two weeks left in my internship, I got an email from someone saying, hey, I think you're supposed to be working on my team. Can you come meet with me? I met with them. They were like, yeah, we'd like you to do this project. I'm like, oh, no problem. They're like, so who have you been reporting to the last couple months? And I just like did like a shell game of blah, 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 and subject change and never happened, like never came back to bite me. Did my last two weeks, did the project, done. So, imagine my surprise plus a little bit of proud parent when Diora today on the way in to the podcast says, oh my gosh, there's so many movies I haven't seen that I want to see. She says Guardians of the Galaxy. She says Avatar 2. And then she says, oh, I saw the Mario movie. And I'm like, when did you see the Mario movie? Oh, no, that's not even what I said. I said, who'd you go to the Mario movie with? And what'd you say, Diora? Myself. She said, myself. I see movies by myself all the time. And then I said, where'd you see it? And we don't have to name the place. Because when Dior's not doing the podcast, she volunteers at a senior living facility. 
And she said, oh, at the one by such and such where I work. I was like, oh, really? Where I used to work. Oh, yeah, where you used to work before you went to a different location because that one was, it wasn't fitting you. And I was like, hmm. This is a really annoying conversation. My, so my wonderful Scoot, during these two months of, you know, her project, was it possible that when I thought she was working six-hour shifts, they were three-hour shifts, and catching a little Mario movie matinee, going, getting a bagel, hanging out? Is it? You, this is safe space. You can be honest with me here. No, it's not. <laughs> Are you actually annoyed with me? Yeah, I, I am just a little, just a little proud bit. of you. I, you know what? At your age, you're supposed to get in a little bit of trouble. You're supposed to be a little mischievous. You got it naturally. You got it from me. Okay. I'm not upset. You can just tell me. No, that's just not out the case. A little early, like I want to go see the Mario movie. I want to go see that. It's okay. Won't do public defender. Yeah. Should I do a public defender for you? Um, so... <laughs> Go ahead. Mario... <laughs> Chalmers. Chalmers, yeah. former member of the Miami Big Four, said, Well, this. I feel like LeBron is the greatest player to ever play this game, but he's just not my GOAT. Mm -hmm. Only one man could defend this. It's time for Nick Wright, public defender. It's very easy. My client, Mario Chalmers, just put to words what the vast majority of people think and feel they're just afraid to actually say it because they think they'll be made fun of the majority of people deep down know and recognize lebron's the greatest player ever they just don't want to call him the goat they know that there is not actually a strong argument anymore that Michael Jordan had a greater career than LeBron. But Michael Jordan has become such a Paul Bunyan-like figure in pop culture, in media, and in the hearts and minds of sports fans, they just want to always be able to call him the GOAT, even if they don't actually think he's the greatest player to ever play. So why would you attack my client, Mario Chalmers, for simply being honest, for simply putting to words what so many other people actually believe, but instead they twist themselves in logical pretzels by saying things like 6-0 and and never lost and all of this other nonsense, when the reality is they believe this. LeBron's the greatest to ever do it, but Jordan's the GOAT. That's what folks at this point truly believe. My client just had the courage to say it. We rest our case. How'd I do? How'd I do? You did fine. You can't be mad at me. Yes, I can. You, you, you Yes, I can, actually. You can't be mad at me. I think there's a part two of the public defender. Well-known sports broadcaster uses his platform to bully his kids. Defend your client, Nick Wright. Defend my client, Nick Wright. What my children right now may perceive as bullying is actually what is, in my client's eyes, bonding and tough love. And quietly, let you know, letting them off the hook 
for possible misdeeds by being like, hey, we've all been there. Whether this was a whether my assumption here is correct or not, in the latest alleged instance of bullying, what you now know is, oh, okay. So that other thing that whatever happened that he doesn't know about, I don't have to feel guilty about. I am actually trying to relieve any stress or anxiety that my children have by showing them in a very public way that we are all different levels of flawed people that make different levels of flawed choices. Wonderful. Father of the year. Let's play a game of write-ins. Okay. Okay, so Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen, is this year's Madden cover athlete. Yeah. Is Allen bound to be cursed, or did Mahomes break the curse last year? For Josh Allen, the the Madden curse is... Oh, uh, for Josh Allen, the Madden curse is in slash A, not applicable. Because the Madden curse typically... The reason the Madden curse has existed in the past is because you get on the cover of Madden after you have a career year. And because of that, it's not that it's a Madden curse. It's that the overwhelming odds were you were going to have a down year either way. Josh Allen is not getting on it after a career year. Josh Allen is getting on it after a down year. Josh Allen is getting on it after a three-month semi-slump to end the season and then getting rolled at home, scoring 10 points in a playoff game in round two. So I don't think the, the Madden curse is going to apply to Josh Allen. I don't understand the possible justification for putting him on it over Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow. If you don't want to put Mahomes on it, because Mahomes has already been on it twice, once with Brady and once by himself, so be it. And if it has to be a quarterback then obviously Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow deserve it more. But I don't think the Madden curse is actually going to impact Josh Allen. Next. Um, Damian Lillard is talking a lot about other teams for someone who is loyal. Last week he joked about going to the Lakers, and now he's saying he's interested in Miami and Brooklyn. Next year Damian Lillard will play in. Okay, so here's the thing. Dame you know, was, I don't want to say he was baited into this, but he was asked, if they were to trade you, where would you want to go? And he said Miami and Brooklyn. I do not think that he is starting the year on another team. So next year, Damian Lillard will play for the Blazers. Does he finish the year on the Blazers? I doubt it. I shouldn't say I doubt it. I'm not sure of it. But I don't think he's being traded this summer. I think it would be smart. It, it Listen, Dame has only won three playoff games in the last four years. He's only won four playoff series in his entire career. And unlike other guys who have themselves to blame for that, Dame has been an awesome playoff performer. But they have not put the right team around him, and in all of NBA history, let me ask you this, Diora. Mm -hmm. In all of NBA history, how many guys under 6'4 do you think have been the best player on a champion? NBA's been around 77 years. How many guys under 6 feet 4 inches tall have been the best player on a champion? 12. 
two. Steph and Isaiah Thomas. That's it. Point there is you're not really supposed to be able to win the title with a guy Dame size as your best player. I understand if he doesn't care about that, then more power to him to stay in Portland. But if he wants to have a chance to have a deep postseason run, he has to get out of there. And I think he knows this at that point. This point, even if they were to trade the number three pick, he one of the guys he mentioned was Mikael Bridges. If they call up Brooklyn, say we'll give you the number three pick for Mikael Bridges. That does not make Portland a championship team. It just doesn't. So, but I don't think he's going to force the trade. I think Portland should talk to him. I think for Portland, trading Dame, getting draft picks and younger players because Dame's turning thirty-three or just turned thirty-three and building around the number three pick, be it Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp, and what you get for Dame makes a lot of sense. Scoot Henderson's someone I think you'd like, Diora. Like, as a player. He's he's your age. He is just a... He's not super. He's like 6'2", but just a crazy athlete and plays with this level of athleticism and intensity. I think you'd really like him. You should Google Scoot Henderson. And some of his highlights later. I think you'd like the way he plays. I think you'd find him exciting, is I guess what I'm saying. And the fact that he's your age, I think you would think is cool. All right, next. (laughs) Okay, next. Kevin Durant tweeted, I don't think Jokic wants or cares to be a star. Go to work, go home, FaceTime his horses, and hop in the pool. But then he deleted it. Katie's deleted his tweet because... You think he's coming to Denver? No, he's not going to Denver. I did not understand. Oh, so hold on, I have to write this. In. I have to do. I forget sometimes that we have to do write-ins. KD deleted his tweet because, and I wrote three question marks. It was such an innocuous, non-controversial tweet. I have no idea why he deleted it. It's a little bit controversial. How I wouldn't so? call it controversial, but like, it could. Give him some beef with Jokic, you know. So, but he was, but I, it, it didn't. And also, like, he's been nothing but complimentary of Jokic, and I didn't view this as an insult at all. I just think he was saying that. I mean, there's the tweet. I don't think Jokic wants or cares to be a star. Go to work, go home, FaceTime his horses, hop in the pool. I actually think that's how Durant feels too. Not necessarily the FaceTime his horses and hop in the pool, but that he loves playing ball. And doesn't necessarily love all the stuff that goes or goes along with it. So I didn't understand why he deleted it. All right, next. Okay. Pro Football Reference officially listed the prince that was promised as the Trevor Lawrence nickname and credited you. This is your greatest professional achievement since. I mean, honestly, my greatest professional achievement since birth. You put anything. Exactly right. Yeah. I mean, this is now... Oh, no. Oh, man. I just... Oh, you, oh you're going to have Expo on your pants just, to get your new car I today? I just drew on my pants. See, you want to make fun of me for what's... Before I finish answering this question, what's in my backpack, Diora? I don't think it's that embarrassing. He has an extra jacket in his bag because he didn't want to wear this jacket today and I convinced him to wear it but he said that he has to wear a different one to the car dealership so he looks like a more of a professional 
I just want to look fancier when I buy my new car. Very excited about it. You gonna tell everyone what car it is? No. No? No. I'm not gonna do that. Okay. It's uh it's a car befitting a man of my stature. It's a nice car. I had it's a little bit above you then. <laughs> I had I and don't say the brand of the car that we currently have, Dior. I had I bought during the pandemic what had always been like one of my dream cars and everyone warned me against it saying and we'll get to the trevor lawrence stuff in a moment saying it's going to be in the shop every two months don't get it they're a wreck they 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 have so many issues this sensor goes out that sensor goes out and i ignored them and everyone could not have been more correct that, sh- that car, I have had it for less than three years, has been in the shop At 12 least, times. Yeah. 12 times. And it's a super nice car, but I just, this last time, I just, I, I just literally left the dealership shop where it was getting worked on and drove down the street to a different dealership and started looking at cars. It was like, I just, I can't deal with this. Um, the oh, show them what you drew about the Trevor Lawrence thing. Dior drew a picture of a prince and said the promised prince. So here's the thing about the Trevor Lawrence thing. This now, you know, is etched in stone for all of history. I spoke it into existence and show the control room. I feel like you guys need to apologize because last year during our gambling show, you guys kept uh, trolling me about the, the, the Jaguar stuff. You kept saying I was hurting the credibility of the show by always picking the Jags and talking about the Jags. Thank you, Daniel. That's my guy. Always has been. By always picking about the Jags, talking about the Jags. And now he is. Uh, he will... During a game next year, probably broadcast by Sparrow Didis because it's not going to be the you know the number one or number two CBS game. He is going to be called the Prince who was promised, and it's because of me. So yes, thank you guys. I appreciate that. That wasn't, by the way, a shot at Sparrow Didis. My point is, he's just he's not doesn't get the Nance games. That's all I'm saying. Gabe's walking out the room. He's disgusted with me. Next. Um, you are going to the Belmont Stakes this weekend. We know you're a gambler, so your pick for the Belmont Stakes is... I don't have a pick yet, but I'm getting there early. I'm bringing my younger daughter and her best friend, and they are going to gamble, and I am going to gamble, and I'm going to drive my fancy new car to the Belmont Stakes. I'm so excited about it. And I am going to... You drew a picture of a horse and a picture of money. That's well done, Diora. I like that. Uh, I, I should be an artist. I can't wait to be at the Belmont Stakes. Dress up, bring a fat wad of cash, randomly bet on horses. Okay. Let's make a deal now, then. Okay. You have to give me 5% of your earnings. Are you going to cover 5% of the losses if I don't No, win? I'm not. So you want a 5% free roll? Yes, I do. If my little sister can be there gambling at nine years old, I think I can get some of the shares. 
You bring up a good point. Deal. You're in for 5%. You know what I'll tell you? You could have gotten 10. I was um, going to try. We'll talk after. All right. What's the follow-up question? What would you name your racehorse? If I had a racehorse, what would I name it? So you got to keep in mind. The prince that was promised? No, it wouldn't be that. That's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you got to keep in mind. Donkey. No, I wouldn't name my racehorse Donkey. Why not? Um, that you want it to sound either cool or funny. When the announcer, if you got to envision your racehorse winning a big race, and and then he says, and down the stretch they come, Secretariat, who's the greatest horse ever, man of war, affirmed, wins the Kentucky Derby. So you either want it to sound regal or funny or have a sentimental thing. I would name my racehorse Woot Scoop. <laughs> That's what I would name it. And every time I saw it, I would think of you when you were a little girl. And then it would win a race, and they would say, And Woot Scoot wins the War of the Roses. I'm going to miss everyone now that this is my last podcast. It's not your last podcast. Quick break. Answer your listener questions next. What's right? Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back. Episode 158. We're going to read your fan questions now. Noah Rodrigo... Rodriguez asked, where do you think CP3 should go? I think the Spurs is a good fit. He can help out when be in positions to score and can be a good veteran leader for the young guys for a year or two. I think it'd be a great fit for the Spurs. I think it's a bad fit for Chris Paul if he's trying to win a title. Even if Wimby is better than people expect, which seems impossible, they're not going to be ready to win a title in the next couple of years, and Chris Paul doesn't have many years left. For the Spurs, I... I absolutely would go after him, and I think it would be a great way to develop Wimby. I would even overpay to get him, but I don't think it makes sense for Chris Paul. Next. Ryan Y. said, Hey, Nick and Diora, the Nuggets seem to be in a position to go on a run next year, regardless of the outcome of this finals. Who do you think could be another... Another up, other... Another up-and-coming team. They wrote it wrong. Another up-and-coming team to make a splash. I think that next year, it's hard to find a dark horse. Memphis is a mess. I don't think Sacramento's ready for a huge leap. Minnesota, I don't trust. New Orleans, Zion's dealing with a lot of stuff off the court, if he can even get on the court. Have you seen any of this Zion stuff? Mm-mm. He did a... How are you doing that with your neck? It's really yeah, it's kind I'm doing of a yikes face. He did a uh, gender reveal. A gender reveal? Yeah, for his girlfriend. Oh, a gender. A yeah, gender reveal. <laughs> gender his girlfriend's reveal. pregnant. And then a, uh, uh, I don't know her name, but she seems to be a, I don't know if she's an adult film or OnlyFans or someone who was not the person in the gender reveal. Uh, started tweeting about 
she and Zion having a very close relationship, and it's not great. He has, I think, some girl trouble going on, and he can't stay on the court, and it's not great. So New Orleans not the team. Uh, out east, I I don't think Cleveland or the Knicks are going to take some big leap. I think, So I actually don't think there's a dark horse next year. The following year, I think Cleveland could be in position if LeBron goes there. Uh, I also think it is very hard right now to figure it out because we have to see how the new CBA, which teams are going to say, screw it, don't care about the second apron, we'll deal with the consequences, and which teams are going to try to pare down salaries, which could then allow for some of the teams that have space to have an influx of talent that we didn't expect. All right, next. Matt asks, should I fire Djokovic? Good job. That's good. That's a hard one to pronounce. Go ahead. I'm, uh, I'm, being, I'm complimenting you. That's a hard one to pronounce. Go ahead. Start over. No, I'm not going to start okay. over. Plus 175 tomorrow with my refunded natal. Oh, Nadal. I was oh, so close. Nadal money. You see, the no. thing is, that's what I was about to say, and then I was like, I got it wrong last yeah. time, so I have to say the right one. Uh, no. Alcaraz is going to win. I told you that, Matt, and that is not a listener or a viewer. That is assuredly our producer, Matt. Matt, you know what? I'll make you a deal, buddy. If you... The... I mean, we really shouldn't do this, but if you actually were considering betting on Nadal, I was con- at plus one seventy-five. I was considering betting on Alcaraz at minus two hundred. We can. Uh, I'll just give you plus one ninety, uh, and I'll take the other side of it. If that's something you want to do, you can text me on this. Oh, go ahead, Matt. No, we're not going to do a cars thing or anything like that. I just assume this would be a friendly, you know, 50 or 100 bucks or something. Uh, but well, you wouldn't want the car I own right now. But the, the one I'm going to get tonight, you might. Uh, but no, Alcaraz is going to win. Save your money. All right, next. Um, DeWitt asks, what will I miss the most about the show when I'm done? Hmm. I think I'll miss not getting bullied every day so much. Oh my gosh. Give a sincere answer. What will you miss? You know what? We can save that for your actual last show. No, this is my last show. No, no, no. You promised. (laughs) I I did not promise. You said you were going to come back and we were going to do some more shows this summer and that we also have to do like a real like farewell Diora show. We have to do a whole thing. You can't just dip. That's not allowed. I'm letting you miss next Tuesday. You're letting me miss? You have graduation You're rehearsal, letting me miss. And then I'm letting you miss Thursday because you have graduation. Now, it should be noted. You're not my boss. They it are. It should be noted that I... I don't... Has my mom ever told you this? Mm-mm. I missed... I don't know what commencement... There's two different, like... In college, graduation ceremonies. There's like the one where the person speaks. 
like the big, there was two different things. The one where you walk across the stage and get your diploma, and then something else as well. Oh to yeah, I have that tomorrow. You have what tomorrow? The the moving up ceremony. And you're skipping it for GovBall? No, I'm going. I'm gonna go. When is it? It's at like twelve. Am I supposed to go? No, 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 no. There's been one every oh, year. It's at like twelve. Um, okay, all right, good. That'll be fun. I'm, I'm happy for you on that. But the point I was making is, whatever the ceremony was at Syracuse that wasn't the walk across the... I have two very quick Syracuse uh, graduation anecdotes. The first one is, I, my mom, my grandmother, my grandfather, my dad were all in Syracuse to watch these ceremonies, and I skipped one of them to do a radio show. I didn't go because I wanted to do my Z89 show, What's Right with Nick Wright, which is what this is called. Also, graduation. They ask you to write on your name, or write on a card, how you pronounce your name, and, you know, they want to make sure they get your name right. So what's my full name, Diora? Nicholas James Wright. What do you think I had them call me when they announced my graduation? Nicholas What's Right. I had him call me the name of the show, which is the show I do now. That still makes me smile, thinking oh. back on it. All right, last one. How'd your family feel about that one? My mom shook her head, but I think she was proud deep down. Christian asks... Nick, would you rather get a 5% pay raise or an NBA vote? An NBA vote, 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean... 5% raise be nice, but yeah, an NBA vote. There's no doubt about it. Diora, the next time we see you, you will be a high school graduate. I am so incredibly proud of you. You have done a wonderful job on this bridge project. I have enjoyed doing it with you. And it is nice that the next one that you do, you will be doing because you want to, not because you have to as a requirement. I just want to, to make sure that right. everyone's heard this entire podcast, how he said that I have to do another one. Well. And I don't have a choice. And now he's saying, oh, you're doing it because you want to. Well, you know, I joke with you. Uh, the right. Heat are going to win game four. Game five probably decides the series. Talk to you guys on Tuesday on this show. Talk to you guys today at 3 o'clock on First Things First. See you guys then. What's right?